Hey guys, this week's episode is brought to you by Grove Collaborative, your one-stop shop for home delivery of your favorite natural products from brands like Method, 7th Generation, Mrs. Myers, and more. To get $20 off your first order of $40 or more, and get our favorite cleaner thrown in for free too, just sign up at grove.co slash YHL. That's grove.co slash YHL. I'm John. And I'm Sherry. We like home stuff. We like talking. And we like the occasional game show sound effect. So welcome to Young House Love Has a Podcast, where we have deep and not so deep conversations about DIY, design, and life at home. Today we're diving into sharenting, aka how much parents should or shouldn't post about their kids online. We'll break down our decision to share less about ours and find out how four other bloggers draw the line for their family. Hi, folks. Hi, guys. So you guys who've been following us for a while may have noticed that since we made our return to blogging more regularly and started podcasting, one sort of noticeable change is that we don't really share our kids very much anymore. Yeah, you don't really see their faces. We don't really use their names anymore. And a lot of you guys have noticed this. We know because we get comments about it. It, It's not very subtle. No, (laughs) It's it's, obvious. Yeah, it's pretty obvious. So we thought that we would talk about it and sort of the thoughts behind that decision and talk to some other bloggers who've had to wrestle with the same decision as to how much to share about their kids and their family in an episode that deserves some special music. In a very special episode of Young House Love Has a Podcast. Podcast, podcast, podcast. We re-record that every time. We do not use a clip of that. That's a live echo from Sherry. (laughs) So yeah, when we were taking that time off from blogging, one of the things that stuck out to us is that we really liked the feeling of not putting our kids on the internet as much as we had before. You know, it wasn't everything, obviously. You keep some things to yourself and not everything needs to go on the internet. But it's still, in looking back, felt like a lot. Yeah, I would define it as we were like, why not? And if we didn't have a real reason not to, we'd share it. Our blog was very much about our family. We even had a spinoff blog called Young House Life for a while that was just literally about like family outings, trips, random stuff. And when we took that time off, it really was a good time to get perspective on lots of things. And so when we came back, as Sherry said, we made the decision to no longer really blog about family stuff that much and very distinctly not share our kids' faces. You will see them in pictures, but it's usually like in the background or they're turned away or slightly obscured somehow and also no longer use their names. I mean, obviously, if you go back to the archives or if you followed us, you know their names, but we're not going to go scrub that and try to like, you know, men in black everyone with that flashy light. (laughs) But we figured moving forward, we can change course. There's lots of things that went into this decision and you'll hear about it throughout the episode, but I figured I'd start off by kind of summarizing the two kind of overarching reasons why. The first goes back to this issue of balance that we've talked about a lot. Yeah, the first is kind of selfish. It's like for our benefit. Yeah, if you listen to episode 14 of our podcast where we talked about what we learned from quitting our blog, we talked about trying to separate personal and public a bit more and how you know we had found ourselves when we were blogging that things like vacations or family outings were sort of becoming work trips because we were focused on how do we document them. 
And then the other overarching reason for doing this is really about our children and their privacy and sort of no longer making the decision for them to kind of grow up with the internet and its commentary at their backs. And obviously that's such a personal decision and every family has to do what's best for them. We have tons of really close friends who share a lot about their children. We have really close friends who share nothing. People don't even know their kids' real names. And so we thought it'd be really interesting to talk to people, other bloggers and public figures who share their children in various ways and just hear what's behind it because I think one underlying theme of everyone we talk to is that everyone is thinking about this a lot. Yes. Nobody's just slapping something up on the internet. Well, at least the bloggers that we talk to. I don't think we can speak for everyone. And actually, that's one of the reasons why I thought this was an interesting topic to bring up is because I think even if you aren't a sort of public person on the internet, if you don't have an Instagram following a blog, like you're just a person who has got a Facebook feed, it's Good to be thoughtful about this sort of thing. So we're going to kick off this episode with a conversation that we had with Erin Lochner. She's a great friend of ours. She blogs at Design for Mankind. She was the author of a book that I mentioned a while back called Chasing Slow that I really love. And she actually was one of the last people that we talked to in these series of conversations. But we're going to play it for you first because I think this conversation really captured a lot of what we heard. So it felt like a good starting place. I feel like you're such a good example of someone who keeps kid things private, but you still share really authentically about your life. And I wonder if that's ever at odds or how you draw the line to, you know, like connecting and being real, but also keeping a part of your life offline. Yes. And, you know, my husband is the smart one and he, he, that's been kind of his game plan since day one. It's just been you're creative enough that you can find a way to show the presence of children without showing this particular child. So from the get go, we were very much we're not going to share their real names. We're not going to share their like full faces. I'm very particular about sharing certain aspects of her personality or certain stories about her. And it's, it is hard because you want to be open and you want to be personal. And uh, I think it's really important to connect with the readers that are following you and that are kind enough to spend time with you. But I think too, it's that good reminder when I'm sitting down to write a post, this is not an email to my close personal friends. You know, this is a post where I'm going to talk about parenting without talking about parenting my specific children. Yeah, that makes total sense. And you're talking from a place of practicing some things that we kind of learned along the way. I know. To I wouldn't have come to that beginning. conclusion. The example I was going to give is we had a couple instances where we've been out as a family and someone, you know, very sweetly and with good intentions addressed our children first. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's nothing really inherently wrong or dangerous about that. But a couple of those times it gave me pause. I was like, this is a little bit uncomfortable. Yeah. Address me because if I weren't here or if I were, you know, just at the other end of the playground, you know, this could be the beginning of a more sort of nefarious interaction, potentially. Exactly. Yes. How do you think you came to some of these conclusions and kind of guidelines about how you wanted to share your family online from the start? In the beginning, we did as a baby, you know, babies are kind of unidentifiable anyway. <laughs> so, yeah. um, and then there's that, oh my gosh, my baby's the cutest in the world. You know, you want to show off your baby. And I remember the moment when she kind of grew into a person. It was pretty early on, I don't know, maybe a year, year and a half. And I remember the specific photo. She's like in a tutu riding like a little tricycle down the hallway. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like I can't ask her, can I share this picture with however many people? But I feel like I should, you know, so I, I do I do remember kind of that shift where I was like, okay, you know, this is, I will know when I've crossed the line. So it's it's less proactive and it's less about this I'll do and this I won't do. But I do know when I'm like, you know, 
I'm not going to share this photo or I don't need to talk about this story. Instead, I, I email that to her personally. She, I set up a little email address for her so that I still have that memory making because it is so easy to just have it swallowed in the blog. Yeah, I think the theme is that in talking to a lot of people who sort of withhold a little bit for themselves or, you know, for the reason of it being sacred and you don't want the whole internet to sort of consume that information, the key is that we're hearing the other ways that people do it. I love the email. It's really cute to set up a secret account. You know, we and others we've spoken with have um, secret Instagram accounts and the caption and the pictures are under lock and key. And so you can really write whatever you want from that moment and others, you know, have to be approved to see it. I think we have seven followers of our private Instagram. And then, you know, almost 200,000 of our public one. And so obviously there, you know, when you look at it that way, it seems obvious that there should be a difference, right? Like clearly what I put for the seven people to see that are the people that I love should be different than what I put for the 200,000 people to see who, many of which I don't know who they are, where they live, what they do, why they're following me, you know? So like, I think when you hold those up and compare those, who sees your emails to your daughter or who sees your website, it's a completely different scope. Yes, yes. And you know, something really interesting, I remember talking um, with this guy at a conference and he had a completely different perspective that I had never thought of. He was kind of a dad blogger and he said, I think of it as proactive SEO for my kids. So he uses their real names and real photos of them kind of growing up and living life. And in the event that say a bully in high school suddenly wants to take down this person and set up some sort of hate blog or hate account, which is so sad to think about the reality. Um, I I don't know anyone personally that this has happened to. Um, But he said, you know, it's kind of a way to combat that because obviously my SEO would come up before this high school dudes. You know what I mean? Right. That's so funny to think about that way. That is totally a dad way to come up about this, I think. Isn't it? it? He's like, I'm protecting her by doing this. Thinking about that same way is part of the way that I conclude that I want to share less is because I've realized that part of what we do as putting our kids' pictures and our names out there is populating their internet presence. And when they're kids and babies, you know, we're doing it at a time when they are not active agents, which I think could be argued as a good thing because, you know, you're probably coming at it a little bit more well-balanced and more thoughtful than a 13-year-old is when they get their first Instagram or Facebook account or whatever age it is that that happens these days. Yes. But at the same time, I've had the thought like, maybe that's not my place. And maybe they would like the freedom to create their own SEO, I yeah. guess. So, but it's funny, I hadn't thought about it the other way. I mean, I see, I see arguments for and against it now. Yes. And it's so weird to think about because, I mean, I remember our parents' conversation was how do we establish good credit for our kids, right? We right. Want, and this is like social credit. It's the same thing. It's the same conversation. How do we set guidelines and boundaries in place so that they have good social credit for when they want a job? Which I can't even, I mean, I'm not in the stage of life where I need to think about it yet, but I, I wonder what will become of that conversation. Oh my gosh, yeah, now my mind is spinning. Jeez, I know, Aaron. I'm like, will SEO <laughs> even exist in 10 years? Or like, will the internet restructure and there won't be exactly. Google? You know, like, who knows? Exactly. It's so insane. But um, my mom was a school teacher. Both of my parents were school teachers. And I remember when I was suddenly in the same grade that my mom taught and other kids suddenly, you know, would see my family pictures on her desk or would hear like a funny anecdote that my mom would share in class. And I remember feeling very raw and exposed and vulnerable. And I'm a pretty private person, which is odd for this job. But I just remember feeling a little bit like, oh man, I, I don't want my classmates to hear that story, you know? And I remember a 
pastor told me once that whenever he was trying to figure out what stories to share about his own family, he would always check the punchline. He would be like, I got to make sure that the punchline is on me. I'm the one that I'm throwing myself under the bus, but I'm not throwing anybody else under the bus. I love that. John and I just looked at each other and nodded. Yes, that's going in. (laughs) Have you ever felt that it has held back some of your ability to connect with your readers or open up or tell a story? Like, has there been a moment where you felt like being more careful about how you present your children has detracted from the stories that you tell? Yes, but it's a it's a price that I'm 100% willing to pay. I have gotten comments before that are kind of like, Erin, you know, you see, I, I really like what you write, but you seem kind of standoffish, you know, and I would love for you to look at us as friends and not not just like far away random people. And and I totally get it. I, I 100% get that. You know, when you, when you sit down to write and you're like, this would make really great content and you know it would make really great content, but you choose not to share it anyway because it's just not the right thing to do. I feel like I have to make those decisions often. So I write on my blog every day. I just don't publish it every day. So writing for me has always been very therapeutic and I feel like I write through things to learn them. And so much of that is so personal that it just doesn't make sense to hit the publish button. So yes, I would say it does kind of detract from that intimate feeling with your readers. But at the same time, I've always been one to kind of encourage people to find that offline. I don't think that intimacy really can and should exist online. So I am totally fine saying, you know, yes, you're totally right. I am a little guarded here. Certainly, if we meet in person, I will absolutely be transparent with you. But that requires kind of that face-to-face conversation. And I also think there's a difference between authenticity and transparency. Oh, that's a really interesting thought, because I agree. Being true and connecting with someone in a real sort of human way does not always mean that you are sharing everything. I mean, you don't do that with your, your friends in real life either. Yeah, I think it requires a certain relationship and it's uh, a bit of a two-way street. And to think that it's my responsibility as a blogger to kind of just lay it all out there, I don't think that makes you authentic. I think that makes you transparent. And I think that's a wonderful thing if that's what you feel your mission is in that particular area. That's wonderful. I think truth-telling is really important. I think for me, I always aim to be authentic and that I'm going to be honest about the stories that I tell, but I'm also honest that these are not my only stories as well. And it's, it's funny. I think it's a very tricky line. Um, obviously otherwise you wouldn't be dedicating podcasts to it. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. If it was easy and there was a right answer for everyone to follow, then it'd be a one minute podcast. Hey, it's John (laughs) and Sharon. We have the answer. We share a lot less on the topic of parenting than we used to. Right. Like we did cloth diapers and we did um, a potty training post that I deeply regret <laughs> oh, <laughs> and yes. wish I never shared because I thought I was coming at it through the lens of this is my experience as a parent, but there certainly are things in it that have to do with my specific child and her growth as becoming potty trained. And at the time, I think I was feeling very defensive and thinking like, how is it embarrassing that she's potty trained? Like no one in school is going to be like, nanny, nanny, poo, poo, you're potty trained. But I, I do feel like it crossed the line just because it's sort of this intimate thing that happened. And I think we were just so dang excited about it. Yes. I think I think everybody's made those mistakes. What was the shift then? Was it kind of the birth of number two? I was feeling that I had so much of a different experience bringing our second into the the world versus how our first came into the world. I mean, when our daughter was born, she was born and four days later we announced it on the blog. 
And it was very chill. It was like we were in the hospital. We had an emergency C-section. It was a scary delivery. It wasn't chill. Yeah. The the internet was chill. Like She was born on a Friday, and I think we shared it on a Tuesday. And then when I was pregnant with our son, I immediately felt the difference. It was four years later. Our kids are far apart in age. And then when he came, it felt like such a difference because the day that everyone knew I was having him, it was like... Where are you? Where are you? Update, update. And it wasn't just on the blog. It was like Instagram comments and Facebook comments. And it was from such a place of love. Like everybody wanted to make sure everything was okay. And he was healthy and I was healthy because I think it was a very scary situation with our daughter. And everyone just wanted to know. But I felt almost like flustered by this, like, I have to have a healthy baby. And I also have to tell everyone about it, like immediately, you know? Yes. And now looking back, I'm like, well, nobody was making you say anything. You didn't have to tell them you're... C-section date and you didn't have to tell them when you had the baby right away. You feel so grateful for these people who care about you and you want to keep them posted. And that's the same thing of wanting to tell them my C-section date because people wanted to pray or they wanted to, you know, like send me good vibes. And I didn't want to say like no to the sweetness that the internet was sending me, but it felt almost at odds with the like peace that I was trying to get in that headspace to like chill out and have a baby. (laughs) Yes. I think going back to what you were saying a moment ago, Aaron, is I think the onslaught of social media has really kind of created this culture of presumed transparency where we kind of by default think like our friends are going to be updating us on everything on Facebook and the people we follow on Instagram are going to keep us posted about their day and Insta stories. But I think just as a culture, we are no longer surprised by that transparency and that openness. And so... I think we just kind of rode along with that trend for a long time because it's just what everyone did. Like you just, you know, you shared pictures of your baby sleeping and you kind of casually complained about how much sleep you weren't getting and all this (laughs) stuff. And so I think it wasn't till we took that big break from our blog at the end of 2014 when our son was just, I think, what, four months old? Four months, yeah. That we realized like, oh, you know, that does not have to be the automatic thing. And so that was a really good reset for us where we said, like, you don't you don't have to do this. No one's forcing you to post all these pictures. And like you were saying about peace, I think there's almost this like self-assured feeling and peace that you get when you just keep moments for yourself and you're like sort of proud of what you're doing as a parent, but not for external approval, but like just for the moment you're having with your child. You don't have to like prove to the whole world how smiley they were when they got that toy or like how amazing they are when they ride their bike. You know, like these are moments that we can be like super proud of our kids. And I think some people will choose to share them and some people won't. And I'm definitely not judging people who share more. I just feel like we're in this place now where when we're asking ourselves, why are we sharing that? If it's like, so the world can see how amazing she is riding her bike. That's like not really enough of a reason, you know? I feel the same. I love what you said, John, where it's like, you don't, we don't have to be doing this because I think there's a real fear that, okay, well, if, I, if I'm if i not sharing my kids or if I'm not sharing every part of my life, I'm not going to grow and I'm not going to be a good blogger. I mean, the, the gift of blogging is that we're our own boss. We got to be good bosses to ourselves. And so I've always sort of erred on the side of, you know, I need to do what works for me in my real life. So um, I'm okay with just having, you know, a small, humble following and I'm okay with not posting all the time and just deciding to to do a post once a week here and there, you know, that that has to be okay with me for me to be better in real life. I totally agree with that. Yeah, I love that. I also sometimes think, you know, parenting is hard enough as it is. And there are so many questions and doubts that it's great when we can turn to the internet and sort of the collective knowledge or at least collective 
uh, empathy and comfort and advice of other parents out there when we want to. But it also is just comforting sometimes to turn it off and like figure it out on your own and not have to worry how you're going to construct this moment or ask this question in a way that, you know, gets you the right feedback or doesn't get you called a bad parent, you know, (laughs) just eliminating that factor sometimes for us has been nice just to, you know, parent privately. Yeah, and exactly. And you're not going to just, you know, stand on the side of the street and just yell at everybody, how do I do this better? Because you really have to vet the advice you're receiving too. And I think we just have to remember that we're parenting the kids that we want to raise and the kids that we want to enjoy in our own house. (laughs) And that doesn't look the same for everybody. In addition to Aaron, another parent of young kids that we talked to was Joy Cho of Oh Joy. We spoke to her back in episode 36 about her business, but she was kind enough to stay on the line with us a little bit longer so that we could ask her about this subject. So here's Joy. When I had my first baby, my oldest is now five, the blog back then, even though I had readers, it was still felt very intimate and personal. And it felt like I shared a lot about being a new mom, maybe too much because it was a design blog. And then all of a sudden I started sharing stuff about being a mom. So there were times when, when Ruby was little, like I was doing monthly updates, almost as if this was my family, almost as if I was sharing it with um, close friends. But there's been something, I don't know, I don't know what it is, but sometime in the last couple years since my second was born, um, you will see photos of our family, you'll see me doing updates on the blog, but I tend to share the kids less on the blog, a lot less on the blog, and more so on social media. With Instagram stories, that is so fleeting in the sense, like where it feels less permanent, that I feel more okay with it as well, because I think some of my concerns with the blog is that it's just so easy to grab a photo and people go and take it and they can even blow it up and reprint it and all these things that I can get paranoid about. Yeah, I think that's something I hope comes out of this episode for anyone listening because you don't have to be a blogger to have to think through how your children appear on the internet because these days, you know, most people have some sort of social media presence, even if it's just personal. And, you know, you might get more followers than you had or you might be become the center of attention or a photo might go viral. I mean, we had a photo that we shared when our daughter was like two months old of she I was wearing her in a carrier and sitting down and working on my laptop. And it ended up in some meme. Oh my gosh. Some stay at home dad meme. It which, was like what my friends think I do what I really do what my <laughs> mom thinks I do. And I forget which one it was. It was like what I really I do remember. or something. <laughs> yes. But yes. you know, it wasn't a negative thing. But it was suddenly this photo that we had taken was completely out of context. And I was not in control of how it um, was being used. You know? I'm always like, thank goodness it was her like squishy little like newborn face that you couldn't (laughs) recognize her. Yes. I was curious to know sort of maybe what different perspective or if there is a different perspective that your husband brings to it since he's not, you know, quote unquote, in the business. You know, it's funny. He's actually way more laid back than me about it. Like we don't share where my kids go to school. We don't share what street we live in. I mean, obviously, like you wouldn't broadcast where you live. But, you know, he takes a lot of photos of the kids just for fun. And I remember there was an instance where he had posted um, a picture of Ruby at her school play. And he had put it up. And it was just Ruby in some costume. And I said, take it down. And he's like, what? He's like, you can't tell where this is. This could be any school anywhere. I said, I don't care. There's just, you see 
a part of her school in there. And I feel very sacred about that. And I just don't want any indications of where she goes to school. And we had a total fight about it. I mean, and he understands where I'm coming from, but he also thought I was being crazy. And it's fine because I know that I probably was being over paranoid about it. And there were no indications about anything having to do with it. But I just was like, I really want to keep school sacred. I really want to keep it private. And he's like, okay, I totally get it. And, you know, he took it down. Sherry and I found ourselves nodding along with a lot of what Joy and Aaron were saying because we have kids of similar ages, but we did want to talk to some bloggers with older kids because we thought maybe that could be a little bit of a crystal ball for us to see what an older child, like a teenager, thinks about having their childhood documented on the internet. Yeah, and what it's like for someone who understands what Instagram is or might even have an Instagram account themselves. I mean, they come at it from a different lens than, say, our seven-year-old might. Yeah, so we're going to get into that in a second, but first we're going to take a quick break. This week's episode is brought to you by Grove Collaborative. They're a delivery service that believes that the best natural products for your home, you know, like Method and Dr. Bronner's soaps, Mrs. Meyer's cleaners, and even Tom's of Maine toothpaste should also be the easiest to get. So we got to talk to Nicole. She's a longtime Grove customer. She's got a young daughter and a son on the way. And we were talking with her about why she prefers to get her natural products delivered. Why would someone use this versus just going to get the products in the store? Well, if you're a mom, then you have to, you know, do all the preparation for for leaving the house, which can take a while, and unbuckling the car seat and keeping them occupied while you shop. Does it also have that kind of um, no-brainer aspect to it, like something arrives before you even realize you're, like, at the end of your bottle? Yeah, yeah. They predict what you need, so they automatically set your subscription each month or each two months for you to receive certain products and if you don't need it that month you just unclick that product which is really easy so to take one thing off your mental to-do list or even your literal grocery list sign up for your first delivery at grove.co slash yhl that's grove.co slash yhl yeah and if you use that link grove collaborative will knock 20 dollars off your first order of 40 dollars or more and they'll throw in my favorite cleaner for free it's mrs meyer's multi-surface spray in the lemon verbena scent that i am always talking about (laughs) Again, that's at grove.co slash YHL. So this next conversation is with Michaelin Smith. She's a blogger at thenester.com. And she's got three teenage sons. And they don't appear heavily in what she does, but they definitely show up. So we wanted to talk to her about how she sort of found that line. I never really thought about it much until I got an Instagram account. And I remember one day I was taking some photos of my boys with my phone. And one of them said, Mom, don't take a picture of me. And I said, why not? And he said, because I don't want it to be on your Instagram account. And so that was an eye opener for me. And so we had a talk right then and there. And I just told them I would never put anything online or on Instagram or anywhere without asking their permission first. And so, you know, they were old enough to understand what Instagram is and what a blog is and and all of that. And so that really was a turning point for me to always ask them before I put anything online. And um, two of mine especially still pretty much say no to everything. And I'm okay with that. I think it's interesting that you separated two things that I think were clumped together for your son because he was saying, don't even take the photo because I know where it's going to end up. And so I'm sure with that change now, it's easier to take photos because there's not the assumption that we know what that photo is going to do. It's going to go online for everyone to see it. So I think that's a smart way to, I guess, encourage your kids to trust you in taking pictures of them and not like 
hide from the camera for fear that everything that comes through <laughs> the camera ends up online for everyone to see. Exactly. Yeah. Isn't that sad? Hey, mom, don't take any more photos of me ever. <laughs> In these conversations you've had with your children, have you sort of learned to anticipate or like create any guidelines for yourself? Like, you know, they won't want pictures at the beach. Like, are there are some general things that you've been able to learn that older children generally put the kibosh on and that maybe those of us with younger kids should start thinking about maybe keeping those back? Anything that they see as potentially embarrassing. Um, my son taught himself how to play the piano. So every now and then I'll put like a little piano post on and he's very proud of that. So it's interesting. I didn't think he would let me share that, but he has. So, you know, I didn't delete any old photos that were on my blog. And every now and then my boys will run across that. And they never say like, I'm so embarrassed of that to them. They were little then. So that's like, oh, I was a little kid then. So it doesn't matter. So I hope that's encouraging as well. It really is. Because sometimes I think there's always more you could be sharing. And so it feels like there are so many things we know about our children and, and photos we don't share about our children and things about our life that just are not like for the internet's consumption. But I think for a lot of other people, knowing our daughter sucked her thumb and she was a lefty and she liked Hello Kitty was what they thought was the full picture. And in my mommy mind, I was like, you know, you think I'm sharing so much. There are so many things I don't share. And, and if I put a video up that's 30 seconds of her day, there's the rest of the seconds in the day you don't see. But I think from the outside, it's very easy if you share enough for that to be perceived as the entire picture. Yeah, the online world will always ask for more. And we are the only ones who will protect um, our family or who will draw the lines. And it doesn't mean they're asking for more out of meanness. A lot of times it's out of really, um, you know, enjoying getting to know you, but we're allowed to draw those lines wherever we feel comfortable. You know what my funny thing was? I didn't want to put any ultrasounds online. <laughs> Just something about that, like you are seeing the doctor's scan of my uterus. It just seemed like... So good. I love that boundary. Isn't it weird, though? Because I'm like, it looks like a... It looks like every other ultrasound picture. Right, like a black <laughs> scribble. But something about it just felt like, I, I share a lot, but that's my uterus, guys. <laughs> I like that. See, and I think we all need people there that, that we see saying no to certain things. So I think it's great to say no to something like that. And the last conversation we had was with a blogger named Cassie Freeman. You guys know her. She's from the blog High Sugar Plum. But she has a son and a daughter who are young when she started blogging. And now they're 11 and 16. So she's sort of seen this evolution as her kids grew. And she continued to blog the entire time with them being a presence. Yeah, and I thought it was really interesting because she kind of went in the opposite direction of us. She kind of gradually opened her family up more because she talked to us a lot about sort of the value she sees in people sharing their families on the internet. So here's our chat with Cassie. I think initially, you know, I started blogging almost seven years ago. So the internet felt like a different space then. And so you, I took certain measures to keep some anonymity. I mean, even when I did style posts, I mean, I had a fashion post the very first week of my blog seven years ago. And I turned to the side every single time. I never showed my face straight on for probably a couple of years. I didn't talk about anybody's names. I would only refer to the fact that we were in the South or in Texas. And it, you just kind of kept a certain amount of anonymity. I don't know why it just the internet felt different. And um, maybe a little bit scary putting yourself out there. But then the longer we did it, and then the closer you become with your readers and the closer they feel with you. And I mean, you're sharing your life every day on the internet, you know, you're sharing your ups and downs of life, but yet not even mentioning the people that mean the most to you and, you know, your children, your husband. So they started kind of creeping in there just because they're just such a huge part of my life, my everyday life. To exclude them from it 
would be more inauthentic than having them on in the first place. And they're with me all the time. My daughter's always in my Insta story because she's always with me. I mean, if I tried to post something without her, it would be the smallest window of time because she's literally always connected to my hip. So I'm not putting her in there to make it cuter. She's in there because she's literally always there. So that's just true and authentic to my life. Yeah, we had a reaction once where we painted our garage doors and I went outside to take pictures of the garage doors and our daughter followed me outside and was like, hey, what are you doing? Oh, a bucket of chalk. And she just sat down and started chalking up the driveway in front of the doors. And I felt very like, she wants to play with chalk. I'm not going to tell her, oh, that's going to ruin my pictures because you're chalking up the driveway. So she sat there chalking it. I took the pictures. And then I I feel like it was on that post or maybe on a, a post after that, but someone was like, I feel like you're using her as a prop. Why couldn't you just shoot the doors without her in it? And I was thinking, it's so hard because in that moment, I thought I was being a good mom by not saying, go inside. I have to take this picture. Put the chalk down. You're going to make the driveway look less perfect. You know, I was kind of like embracing the real life nature of it. Yeah, she's there. She lives there. It's her home too. But also, I mean, it's been seven years. So essentially, they've grown up with this. The blog is just a part. I mean, can you say it's a part of the family? I don't know. That's strange. But I mean, it's just to them, they've always known High Sugar Plum. It just is what it is. And it's also been a source of a lot of great things that have come in our life. A lot of good opportunities and places we've been and things we've done has been because of the blog and the opportunities from the blog. So I think they have a lot of respect for that. Also, blogging is all about the authors and the author's family and being a part of that and watching those people grow and evolve. And that's the part I love most about blogging and, and other bloggers. So, I mean, you know, you're not going to over on Domino, you're not going to see the editor's kids, but that's not why you're reading it. You're, but I'm reading Young House Up because I love John and Sherry and I love watching your family grow and change. So I don't know. That's, that's kind of where I feel about it. And I like to see the kids and the family in because I'm all about that person writing the blog. Yeah, I feel like, is it bait and switch if we take a lot of our family out of it? Because the reason everyone started following us was because we shared our whole life. And I, I struggle with that because after stepping back, it's been so freeing to really not share everything. I don't know. There's benefits to both. I mean, we've tried, we've done it both ways and it was really fun to share with everyone as these amazing things happen, having our daughter, having our son. And then it has also been sort of interesting and novel to be like, nobody's really seen our daughter's face in years. Exactly. I mean, I think you just had your son like a couple of months ago. I mean, you had some shot recently where I could kind of see them and I was like, he's like walking and how oh, yeah. yeah, he's three. Walking, dogging. I mean, for me, I can't get enough of that. But I, that's why I like blogs and bloggers is because I like to know about their life and them. What Cassie said there at the end, I think, is what a lot of people feel about blogging and the internet. Yeah, actually, my friend Katie Bauer, she blogs at BauerPowerBlog.com. She's written a post about how she views sharing her children as a way of celebrating them and celebrating how their personalities are different and sort of the people that they're growing up to be. And she likes documenting that. So again, there are so many lenses you can look at this through and ways to interpret it. But it was really interesting to hear from people who had sort of a variety of ways that they viewed this topic. Yeah, I mean, we could talk about this for hours. And we did talk to these people for a lot longer than you heard. But we tried to just pick out the highlights for you guys. So if you want to dig deeper into the topics, we're going to put some links to other blog posts by other bloggers and also some articles on the topic of Charentine. So you can see some tips and some other perspectives on it. 
Uh, so that will all be at younghouselove.com slash podcast. And lastly, we have to give a huge, ginormous smooch on the mouth virtually so there's no germs exchanged to all the bloggers who helped us with this episode. It was so awesome for them to speak so honestly with us. And we know it's kind of a personal topic. So a really big thank you to Aaron, Michael, and Cassie. Enjoy. We could not have done this without you guys. Thank you. Thank you. And my apologies for Sherry's graphic description of that kiss. Thanks for listening to Young House Love has a podcast. Next week, we'll be back to our usual podcast format. But if you like this episode, please share it with someone who might enjoy it. Heck, feel free to pass along any of our episodes. We've even got a getting started with podcast guide on our website if they need help. It's right on our main menu under the podcast tab. And we love hearing what you guys do while you listen, like Ryan and Amy, who are missionaries in Senegal, Africa, and listen while they filter their water for drinking the next day. And don't forget to check out younghouselove.com slash podcast for all the bonus links, photos, and info from this episode. Okay, maybe not really photos this time, but definitely links. Like a list that Parenting Magazine posted of the eight types of kid photos you should think twice about sharing. Later. Bye. We'll be back next week with DIY, design, decor, and the occasional chihuahua-related banter. Also, we're not going to talk about bathing suits or hats, but you never know. Maybe coconut oil. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll roast Lucy coconut oil. <laughs> <laughs>